Welcome to the HCI Family of Podcasts, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We share our own original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. Join us for practitioner-oriented content around all things leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with the HCI family of podcasts. Welcome to the podcast. In this episode, I talk with Nicole Morgan about company branding, workforce recruitment, and worker retention. Nicole Morgan, welcome to the conversation today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Oklahoma. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about company branding, workforce recruitment, and worker retention. I love the combination of these topics. And you come from a marketing background, which I think is super important when we're talking about recruitment and retention. And it's sometimes yeah. it's lost on people. Uh, so I'm, I'm really thrilled to have a chance to chat with you and to pick your brain. And I think there will be a lot of really cool insights that will be helpful for the audience today. As we get started, I wanted to share an Nicole's bio with everybody. Nicole Morgan is the CEO of Resolute PR, a full-service public relations and marketing agency delivering bold workforce marketing strategies centered on research, innovation, and brand-driven ROI. Her award-winning team of experts delivers proactive, pioneering ideas that result in stronger workforce culture, attraction, and retention. Now, is there anything else, Nicole, that you would like to specifically highlight by way of your background, personal context, or the company before we dive on into the conversation? No, I think um, we'll probably cover how we even got into this space. It's a little weird for a marketing firm to be working on workforce recruitment, but um, it was kind of a natural fit as things were evolving in the last few years. So, yeah, well, cool. It, that is a good place to start. You know, in in the last several years during the pandemic, I would love to hear about you know how what role that kind of took uh, mm -hmm. as you were perhaps even pivoting uh, in your organization. As I mentioned in the the introduction. PR, marketing agency, you know, tend to kind of be in one world, workforce recruitment, workforce retention tend to be in another world, uh, which is frankly, I think a bit unfortunate because there's so much potential positive overlap there. So how did you make that transition? What, what really um, launched you into the workforce space coming from that traditional PR background? Yeah, so um, COVID was interesting for us because we've always had a really robust public relations offering and a really robust marketing offering. And so clients would kind of bounce back and forth depending on what was happening in their business and what they needed. So when you had kind of the outbreak of COVID, first it, it shifted very heavy into PR because all of a sudden companies were going, I have to communicate what's going on. How mm -hmm. do I get in front of my stakeholders? I want to make sure that they feel safe and that they know kind of what our, you know, our new processes are and things like that. Once things kind of stabilized, then it was, oh my gosh, I still have to make money. <laughs> Let's jump into marketing. And so we were able to really navigate those things. But as I was listening to clients, 
more and more, I was starting to hear that a real area of struggle for them was workforce. Um, you know, you had things like like mask mandates or vaccine mandates that were affecting whether people wanted to work at a particular company. You had some industries that were, um, frankly, already struggling with this before COVID, especially in manufacturing, where you kind of have a generational shift of people who are not going into those jobs. And so um, what I realized was, you know, yeah, we need to help these clients be able to market their services, but if they can't ha produce what it is that they're trying to do because they don't have the people, then they're going to be stuck. And so we got to fix this problem simultaneous to, or even before we can get into, um, into the actual marketing of the product. So that's kind of how it started. Um, the first client that we had the opportunity to do this for was uh, uh, our local housing authority, and mm -hmm. they were really struggling to find anything from people who could work the front desk to janitorial staff to maintenance yeah. people. They they had about 60 openings across the board, and um, it had gotten so bad that their upper leadership actually involved marketing and said, we got to do something different because our traditional methods aren't working. And so that was our first opportunity to get to work with the HR department and come alongside them and, and not say, hey, we're going to do your job for you, but we're yeah. going to funnel enough applicants your way so you can make wise hiring decisions rather than this is all I've got and I have to hire somebody and we know they're probably going to leave shortly. So that was really the beginning of how we got into it. And, and we all know that, uh, you know, all the the language around the workplace shifted during COVID. People moved towards remote, remote work, uh, then hybrid work. There was all this talk about quiet quitting and the great resignation and, you know, all these different topics that were all around workforce, um, uh, talent management, attraction, recruitment, retention, et cetera. Um, and things have shifted a bit. Again, you know, like we're in a different spot today than we were three years ago, certainly. Um, but generally speaking, it's still a tight labor market. It's still challenging for organizations to find good people across all different job categories, skill categories, across industries, really. And so it, even though perhaps things are a bit different today than they were a couple of years ago, and maybe they aren't as challenging today as they were a couple of years ago, it's still challenging. And it's only going to continue to be challenging um, because we have critical skills gaps in a lot of industries because we're, you know, because of just the, the age cohorts and the way that we're moved, you know, the, the, the baby boomers are retiring. And there's just so many reasons why we're going to continue to have a real challenge finding good people in our organizations. So we want to be thinking about a branding perspective uh, as we're looking at that, those workforce recruitment and retention efforts in our organization in the HR function. Yeah, as we started doing this for other industries, we, you know, we did some projects in construction and in manufacturing. And what we were seeing was in these hourly positions, it's really easy to lose somebody for an extra quarter, an hour, a dollar an hour. And so these companies mm -hmm. were getting really desperate. They were just throwing every benefit they could think of out there to try to attract the workforce. Um, not even really thinking about retention. It was like just fill the job <laughs> and have someone who will show up. Um, seat, they yeah. were losing people in the application process too. And so we actually um, just completed a research study to really dig into what it is that will um, entice people to apply for a job. Why aren't they looking for a job? What will make them stay and what benefits really matter so that these companies can also make wiser uh, decisions when it comes to promoting those jobs. And, and the stats were really interesting 
And I think kind of to your point about COVID shifting, um, a lot of companies haven't quite caught up. And I also think in these specific industries, it's difficult for them to make huge strides. For example, mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of people who aren't looking because they want a remote job and maybe they're working in a in an industry that doesn't allow for that. And so they're hoping to maybe change those skills or find some kind of opportunity that allows for remote work. Um, unfortunately, you know, if you work in the food service industry, that would be very difficult to do. Um, and so, you know, does the economy play into that? And as people start to feel the pinch in their wallet, do they start to kind of pull back and say, well, I need to just find a job? That's all to be seen. And I think some of those um, positions are getting easier to fill than they have been. But that's just one example of where companies are um, not necessarily keeping up with the the culture and the workplace that employees are desiring. Think about the difference today versus three years ago versus even five years ago. Lots of transition, lots of shifts. We haven't even talked about the role of technology and AI and some of these things that have also contributed to the upheaval and the shifts that we've been seeing. You've talked a little bit about some trends. Let, let's now fast forward and, and think a year out, two years, five years out, what do you see as some of the most compelling workforce recruitment and retention trends and and how can and should company branding play an important role in all of that? Yeah, well, I think step number one is that HR departments need to realize that this is not just an HR issue anymore. This is a very competitive market. The, the behavior and how people search for jobs has changed. And so this is really... Uh, an area to your earlier point where HR and marketing are going to have to work together or HR and PR are going to have to work together because the traditional methods of just posting on LinkedIn and posting on Indeed are not enough. That Those are under the assumption that someone is actively looking for mm -hmm. a job, but a lot of people are not. You know, they they might be just kind of keeping an eye out, um, but really that quality talent is probably already employed somewhere and needs to be convinced that your place is better, or they've already made up their mind that they're just going to hold out for the right job and they need to be convinced that this is a good opportunity for them. So to do that, um, you know, those traditional methods of just post it and people will come are not working anymore. And so you really need to be thinking about it through a marketing lens. Um, looking at things like your social media content, for example, if you're profiling employees, maybe, you know, there's some kind of anniversary or you're talking about a service that you provide, does that look like an actual employee who works there or does it look like a stock image? Um, does it look like that employee is happy or do they look like maybe you surprised them with an iPhone photo and they weren't prepared? Um, and those are things where you really want people who are potential applicants, you want them to envision themselves working at your company. They should see that picture and go, that could be me. I could be working there. Um, you know, this also gets into DEI. And when they're looking at your, your content, you know, they feel like this is something that they would feel included in or like they would be an outsider. Um, so the, those are just some of the things that I know HR is talking about, but they don't necessarily, that it's not their world in how to execute that. And so those two lanes really need to be merging more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about, you know, from the HR perspective, kind of the traditional HR perspective, you have an open position, either it's, you know, someone left and you're filling it, or it's a new position because you're growing or whatever. You, you know, have a job description, you put together that job posting, you get it posted, you know, maybe you're utilizing some sort of, you know, uh, 
website or different uh, various recruitment websites to to get it out there. Uh, and traditionally, that's kind of what you did. That's all you did. Uh, and and then you just saw the applications flow in, and then you did, went through the screening process. Hopefully, you had a good process, etc. And and from the HR perspective, that's largely how we looked at it. In a that works when you have a labor surplus. Um, I, I I would still question you know, whether that works well. Uh, and I still think even in a labor surplus, you need really great company branding in order to, to have better fit, you know, and, and to do all of this well. But particularly in a labor shortage environment where you don't have enough people and you have skills gaps and all the challenges that we've already been discussing, it's it, you can't just put up a posting and think that people are going to magically come out of the woodwork and apply. Uh, and you you mentioned the vast majority of people aren't even actively looking. Our unemployment rate is really low. Uh, I don't know what it is out there in Oklahoma. In Utah, I think we're even lower than the national average. I think we're somewhere around like 2.3%, which means nobody's looking for jobs. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if you want to fill positions, you're going to have to go out and find people. You're going to have to entice people. Uh, and, and again, it's not just magically going to happen. And so what I hear from employers around here all the time is, you know, we have all these open positions. We, we post a job and we only get, you know, it's a really great job. It's a high paying job. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And we only get five applicants, you know? And so you just don't have a good pool of people to even select from, um, all of that becomes a challenge, but if we can take a step back and, and think about the, how we can marry the, the HR piece and the marketing piece, or at least in the HR function, have more of a marketing mindset around how we go about the recruitment and retention process. Uh, then, then we can start to drum up, um, you know, interest in positions in the department, in the in the the organization itself, so that people are actively looking for opportunities to move in. Um, of course, there are headhunters, there are recruiters. They do a lot of work to help feed those pipelines, but even besides those, like there's a lot of work that we can and should be doing to, to get the branding out there. So people know that we are a great place to be. They, like, as you said, they can see themselves in our organization. They see it as a desirable place. Um, and if, if we're not telling that story, you know, it, people aren't just going to magically come out of the woodwork. Right. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, on the flip side of that, you've mentioned retention a few times, and that is going to be, I think, increasingly more important when you talk about trends and a potential recession. Um, you start doing layoffs or or merging or, you know, different things that happen in that environment, and employees are going to start to panic because they want stability. And so if you want to keep your, um, your talented employees and not have them go out and start looking for another job or, you know, thinking that they're not sure if, if that, if that job is going to be there for them, then that gets very expensive too. So then you're not only trying to hire, but you're also trying to replace. And it's, it's going to be a lot cheaper to keep an employee who's happy. Um, that's also a huge audience that people don't think about. You know, if you have happy employees, they tell all their friends, they're fulfilled in their job, they're happy, they have great mental health. I mean, there are so many things that stem from a positive positive work environment that people don't think about, but if they're having a negative experience, they're telling all their friends and that yep. also will deter people from applying for that job. We have websites that help facilitate that, right? Um, mm -hmm. You have Glassdoor, it, I mean, just social sharing. Um, yeah. People tell their stories of bad experiences. It, it They do that as customers at various locations, but they, they do that for work too. 
And there's just no way around that. That's the world we're in today, like free flowing information. And so if we want to, to take control of the narrative around our organization and around our organizational brand, we have to be really proactive about it. We can't just assume that you know, people are going to be like, yeah, that's a, that's a good place to work. I've heard that's good. Uh, no, I mean, it, unless you actually have a strategy in place to tell the story and to um, promote the brand and to put positive information out there in a compelling way, you know, the, the, the negative stuff's going to unfortunately often rise to the top and it's going to scare people away who might be considering your organization as a new employee. Uh, people are going to be less likely to stay, you know, if they can't quite see themselves in the organization uh, and, and they see what seems to be compelling opportunities elsewhere because other people are paying attention to their branding. You know, the, the, the whole grass is greener mentality. It usually isn't. It's usually no better at other places. But yeah. uh, but the truth is, you know, some companies are really good at this and they're good at attracting people and, and, and stealing people from other places. And yeah, we just can't take that for granted. Well, and you have to think, I mean, in the digital landscape, there are so many opportunities to be able to better vet candidates and see what, you know, information and content they've put out there to see if this is someone you would want to hire um, rather than just what they put on their resume. And and yeah. the same goes for a candidate researching a company. They do their research. Mm -hmm. They're going to look mm -hmm. at the Glassdoor reviews. They're going to find out who else they know that might work there and ask them what that experience is like. So they will not just take you know, a, a hiring manager's word for what the work environment is, they're really doing their research. I think it's interesting too, from, you know, from the research that we conducted, a few things that we saw that were really important to people are things like really clear job expectations, um, wanting to be able to take a day off with no questions asked, which we thought was interesting because I think almost every job out there has some kind of PTO. Um, so it's not like they don't get time off. But what we think that probably means is they want to take a day off and not feel guilty about it. And there are a lot of work environments where it is portrayed to be a huge inconvenience if an employee takes a day off. But those are just some of those kind of softer things that that doesn't necessarily cost a company any more money, but it's a shift in how that is handled culturally and maybe some training for their managers as well. Um, because, you know, those little things add up and, and can really grind at someone if, uh, if it's not a positive work environment. Yeah, it's interesting on that note of the, the PTO. I was talking with um, you know, an employee at a company the other day, and they were they were saying, you know, how they they didn't even know how much, you know, time off they had, vacation or sick leave. You know, they felt like a lot of pressure to not take it. They weren't even really quite sure how to do it. And they always felt guilty about taking it. They always felt like, well, someone's gonna judge me if I take this time. And that is a cultural problem that, you know, in organizations if that's the case. And, you know, it's just one of many pieces that we have to consider in our branding. But if, if you, you know, have PTO, but then people are like, I don't know how to do that, you know, well, or in a way that's not going to hurt me, then, then it, it's only going to drive a wedge between you, you and your employees. And people do want flexibility. They want the ability to deal with family stuff or community stuff or whatever, when it arises. And, and, you know, you, certainly some people can take advantage, but most people are working for you because they want to be there because they want to have this job. They're invested in the company and their career. They want to do a good job. They're not trying to take advantage of anything, but they just need 
some basic flexibility to be able to do what needs to happen because they're a whole human being with all these different priorities and the company doesn't own them. And so just recognizing that and then building in some flexibility, communicating that effectively to your people, it's going to go a really long way towards that positive employee brand of you being a healthy organization, a great place to work, a place where people want to go, a place where you're going to be invested in and where people are going to have an opportunity to thrive and grow in their career. Like all these are the types of things you want to be able to convey as you're putting together this brand. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we are humans, right? And I think that during COVID, there was a lot of conversation about have you asked your employees how how they're feeling? How are they doing? How are they handling all of these changes that are going on? Um, and then as time went on, that kind of fell by the wayside. And we went back to this almost, you know, like people are machines kind of mentality. But as employees, we we got to feel what that was like to have an employer who cared about us or maybe knew somebody who got to work in that environment for a time. And I do think that that it changed um, how people see the work environment because, you know, a lot of people were not okay. <laughs> and um, we know so much more now about how we can better support employees and their mental health and resources that are available. And those are, again, just all things that I would just really encourage companies not to lose sight of. Um, because they do go a long way with retention and keeping the employees that you want to keep. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, I'm noting the time. We have a few minutes left together. Maybe as we're wrapping up the conversation today, let's talk about some ongoing trends and what really companies should be considering in their branding, looking through a workforce recruitment and retention lens into the next five years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about what your marketing materials look like and, and really thinking about those recruitment materials being marketing materials. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, again, kind of a shift. Um, the other thing is that there are so many tools available that really help you be targeted in those recruitment efforts. Um, I mean, I have, I'm sure you've seen it there too. I've seen many companies that are, they're just so desperate. They're like buying billboards left and right saying we're hiring. Um, but you think of how many people drive down the road who would never be a candidate for that. And if it's, you know, supplemental to something else that's being done, totally fine with that. And, you know, they're, Billboards definitely have their place, but with digital marketing and, and some other advertising methods that are out there, you can be very targeted and finding people yeah. who are looking for a career in that industry. Um, we just finished a campaign for a nonprofit that, um, helps individuals with developmental disabilities and they needed caretakers mm. for their facility. Well, that that's a very special need. They were willing to pay for training. Um, but, you know, finding people who are looking for careers that that have meaning, um, who live within a certain, certain geography, we're looking for part-time work. You know, there are a lot of other factors that could fit into a quality employee for that industry. So, so thinking about that as well. Um, and then, Again, the just the the workplace culture and really thinking about how you're communicating with employees. Um, I mentioned having more um, transparency in job descriptions and really being clear yeah. about what um, what is expected of employee. And that can sound scary on the surface, but you peel back the layers. And what I think again, what people are saying is. I don't know what my job is right now. I don't know what the metrics are for an advancement and I feel stuck. And so mm -hmm. if the employee doesn't know what their growth path is and kind of where they can go within the company or how they're being, um, you know, uh, reviewed and, and what 
maybe would award them a bonus or things like that. Um, these are just, again, things that I think companies have taken for granted and can make all the difference when it comes to recruiting and retaining employees. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I, I, I think as we're considering um, the, the, the whole I mentioned it earlier, but the whole traditional kind of HR perspective around job postings, job descriptions, um, realistic job preview, and, you know, having a job analysis so you actually know what you're looking for and what they're going to be doing. Um, I get why organizations want to keep it vague. I, I get why they want to keep it flexible. Um, they want to hire somebody to come in and do what, basically whatever they want and have all the skills that they wouldn't possibly need to be able to do the job. But the reality is the world we're in, um, you can't just throw like your whole menu of like desired skills onto a thing and expect to get that person. That magical person usually doesn't exist. You also can't just keep it so vague that nobody really actually knows what they're going to be doing working for your company. People want to have at least some level of understanding of what the job's going to entail and some level of reassurance that what they're applying for is what they will be doing when they go to your company. I don't know about you, but I've been there in the past where I've applied for jobs and I find myself then in the company and I'm like, dude, you're having me do stuff that wasn't even like remotely related. And to an extent that can be fun and exciting and it's an opportunity for growth, but taken too far, it becomes frustrating, overwhelming, and usually people get disillusioned and aren't going to be sticking around. So all of that, every, everything you said, I just 100%, I totally agree with. Um, Nicole, it's been a real pleasure. Again, I note the time. I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute. But before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah. Uh, so if you'll just connect with me at uh, resolutepr.com is our website and we have contact form on there. If you're interested in the research for um, workforce, we do have a newsletter that you can sign up for and we're, um, we're spitting out that research as soon as we can get it. So that is resolutepr.com slash workforce dash research. Um, and then you can always send me an email, Nicole at resolutepr.com. Wonderful. Thank you, Nicole. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Nicole and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.